It's time for Inside the Gamecocks, the show with Phil Mullinax and J.C. Sherbert. So how many of you would say you speak English fairly well, but with some difficulty? Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. You play to win the game. Now, let's take it away, J.C. and Phil. All right, Inside the Gamecocks, the show. J.C. Sherbert, Phil Mullinax, with a real nice-looking polo on today, Phil. I like that. I'm, I'm going for my Lamont Paris look because I want to feel like a winner today. <laughs> uh, first things first, some tragic news out of Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, and we're going to get into the game. Don't worry. I, you know, I, I, But I felt like I should say something uh, at the start of the show about this. Um. Uh, I guess a, a shooting within the football team. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, one of the victims is Laval Davis Jr. Um, I mean, obviously, he's from South Carolina. Um, so you guys are familiar with him. Uh, there was talk he may uh, transfer back from UVA as a wide receiver. It was all ACC as a freshman that he unfortunately is one of the victims of past. Uh, thoughts and prayers and all that. Uh, go out to the people at UVA. That's uh, <clears throat> it's tough. I mean, Charlottesville's been through a lot lately, and uh, yeah. we all remember the shooting at Virginia Tech back in 07. Um, it was a different situation, sort of. Uh, this one, uh, I mean, one victim is too many, but uh, it does, obviously it's not a 28-victim deal like it was at Tech. But, you know, mental health, we talk about it all the time uh, here. Uh, violence, mental health. It, it, it's, it's a, the world these days is a, it, it's getting scary sometimes. Um, and so, you know, hopefully they catch the guy that's the suspect. He's still on the loose. The FBI is looking for him. Um, and so, you know, I, I just want to, I wanted to start with that. I'm not trying to uh, delay this football talk, but because uh, <laughs> we're obviously going to get to it, but I, I did feel like I should mention that because, you know, it is a tragedy. There is, you know, a, a South Carolina connection there. So I thought it was relevant. But anyway, <laughs> um, so at the Swamp Saturday, and by the way, hats off uh, to Lamont Paris and, and the Gamecock men's basketball team for beating Clemson. I thought that was a, a heck of a game. And uh, I've got some thoughts about that team, too, that we'll get into here in a little bit. But uh, 38-6, the Gamecocks offense, for the life of me, Phil, had no idea. I mean, I, I don't know that I expected them to go out and be a, a juggernaut, but I kind of looked at it and thought, well, Florida's really struggled defensively this year. Um, yeah. I, I thought they put some points on the board, but no, they didn't put a single point on the board. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Could not exploit a bad uh, defense, albeit fast, which is what ate us up, <laughs> but and, you know, and, not the best. And Florida dominated both lines of scrimmage. I mean, mm -hmm. their offensive line was good. Their defensive line was good. And they just uh, beat the Gamecocks into submission. Uh, I don't think the game plan gave the Gamecocks any chance at all. Uh, I, I I just – I look at it, and, boy, it's like eight in the box. Let's run it up the middle. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, it, it's just – and, look, it's not just me saying it either. I mean, I'm getting – I got a text this morning from somebody that, that covers another school that's not happy with their OC, and it's just like – Man, the OC here leaves a lot to be desired, but boy, <laughs> he's like, what South Carolina's got going on is on another level bad. 
Yeah. Um, and it's to the point too, JC, where, I mean, I mean, nationally, every time somebody brings it up, it's like, I don't know what the hell this guy's thinking or, you know, boy, that offense really bad, you know, and it's, uh, it's just frustrating. Completely. Well, it's the same thing. And then you, you finally find, uh, you know, Beamer likes to say, find some joy. Uh, it some like, some like, seemed like they found some offense last week because what they were doing last week made a lot of sense. Looked like a college offense. You made Devandy defend the entire field, but, and then you revert and everything's now back between the hashes uh, boxed in there tightly, you know, uh, I'm sorry. You can't win in college football that way. Uh, even if you have an elite offensive line, you don't, I mean, ask Nick Saban, yeah. ask Nick Saban. I mean, that's why he doesn't do that anymore. You know, you, you just can't do it. And, and, and then on top of that, there's overly complex stuff. I think the passing game, there, there's nothing special about this passing game. Uh, you don't have any – South Carolina needs to run an offense where it gives you an advantage, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you got to – there are too many good play callers out there uh, around college football that would probably love to have the, any SEC coordinator job to sit there and continue to run this uh, – I, I call it the run into a brick wall offense. <laughs> you know, and, and, and then every time they find something good, it's like they go back to something else. Like, like you're not tricking anybody. No. You're not fooling anybody. You know, th- this is not – uh, come up with a new game plan every week. And now, you know, so Jaheim Bell's finally getting the ball, right? I don't know that it's that he's a running back full-time. I, I, again, I've always said I think it's fine to play him there, but is he the running back? I don't know. I mean, I, I would probably have tried somebody else because obviously you, you run Juju McDowell into a brick wall like that over and over, and he's not going very far, uh, and that's not on him. Again, it's player usage. Um, you know, and Beamer had some comments about maybe, uh, I guess Dante Miller and Lavoisier and Rashad Amos and those guys probably, they felt like they didn't give them the best chance to win. Well, I would try something. Yeah. I mean, you know, Um, obviously you're not winning, so try something different. And here, and about that, JC, it was like, you know, Satterfield and Hardesty have had, this is game 10 and you do not have a backup plan outside of the tight end, not a tight end. And, you know, a guy that plays well on the edges and you can put in the slot, but you don't do that. You run them both. I don't you know. Oh, gee, it just, <laughs> I tell you what, I fell asleep in the fourth quarter and uh, I'm not uh, not sad about it. <laughs> I turned it off. Yeah, I, I flipped it to uh, whatever was coming on or, or I, 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 I turned it off uh, for fourth quarter. I mean, you only get, what, 189 yards. 48 of that comes from your punter throwing a nice pass to carry on Joyner. I don't know what the plan was with Joyner uh, this week. It, it seemed like it reverted back to to whatever. Um, you know, it fundamentally, the, the game costs were very disappointing. I think defensively, that team just did not the, – the, the defense didn't show up the first mm-hmm. couple of – I mean, that, they, did, they, they looked lethargic. Um, I thought a big play in the game early. Darius Rush actually dropped an interception. I when he when he first knocked it away, I thought, well, that was a t- that would have been a hard pick. But I looked at the replay; he should have had that. Yeah, it could have been a pick good. six, um, and that would have changed and stalled their momentum a little bit. Um, so that didn't work. And then all day, you know, you let Florida's offensive line push you around. You can't stop their backs. Uh, forget stopping Richardson. Yeah. I mean, forget stopping him. I mean, you know, 377 rushing yards. And you know what? I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm tired of seeing that, too. I'm tired mm-hmm. of seeing, like, oh, gosh, well, there's going to be some games Carolina gives up 400 rushing yards. Fix it. No. Yeah. 
That, yeah, I mean, there's that, no excuse. None. The, the, two, the two big issues last year were uh, bad offense and can't stop the run defensively most of the time. And here we are next year. I mean, and I know there's been injuries on that side of the ball. Um, hey, you know, and I know they're not ideal at linebacker, right? Um, but hey, you, you could have, I mean, found the space to hit the portal for a linebacker too last year. I mean, if it was that big of a deal. Um, and, and I understand that, but, uh, you know, if, there's other teams that are probably not, you know, as talented as the Gamecocks on defense, even injured like they are, that didn't give up 377 yards on the ground to Florida yeah. or, or anybody, you know, um, that's just, that's just a lot of that stopping the run stuff is just tackling fundamentals, heart gap control, uh, your, your big guys up front winning battles, pushing the pot. I mean, you know, and it just didn't, just didn't happen. Um, uh, credit to the defense for in a bad, bad situation in the second half. Uh, after it really, it really looked like the bad news bears in, in mm-hmm. the second half on offense. I mean, I don't even know that that's scheme or play calling or whatever. I mean, that, that play calling doesn't give you a chance anyway, but fumbling, stumbling, fumbling, bumbling. Um, so, uh, Rattler after the game, Spencer Rattler did say that on the fumble that Bell had, where where Spencer had to go tackle the four hundred thirteen pound guy, oh, Jesus, who I who I knew was going to be an issue. By the way, exactly, I just, yeah, I knew that. I said that all week. I said that yeah. all week. I was like, make him run sideline to sideline, and then ah, nah, we're just going to run right at him. It's like like an Australian dude. Like, hey, man, you should go run right at him. Yeah, will be fine. No. All your double teams, he's eating up everything, and then you know just rips the ball away from. Yeah, I can't even. Yeah, and Eric, Eric, and Eric, everybody knows Eric Douglas is a is a good center. He gets him in the right protection, which I don't know that that even matters. You know, he had a guy out there that can call the, the plays. That's fine, great. Uh, but he's just not he's not the strongest guy, right? Um, at center, uh, I'm not knocking Eric Douglas, you, you, but you can't. You can't run behind him against a 413-pound guy. Now, Rattler said he checked into that play. <laughs> Why did he have the option to do that? I don't know. You know, I mean, I, I just I don't know. And so that happened with Bell. And then the, the Brooks fumble and the Juice Wells. I, I thought Juice was down. I mean, maybe he was, maybe he wasn't. Maybe I just wanted him to not be down. But, I mean, shoot. And those guys were just trying to make plays, you know, because they don't get the ball enough. Juice doesn't get the ball enough. He knows it. Uh, oh. I know he's not happy. And, and now Austin Stogner's disappeared, all right? Austin Stogner, who probably in a game like that, Phil, where your line is getting crushed, you know, maybe a little drag pattern to the tight end. you know, Just a little did, something. Did, 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 did Stogner not match up? What, 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 so so Nate Atkins was the, the answer to this week, you know? And We're again, right at you know, one of those little, you know <laughs> – uh, running at him. to damn Atkins that he can't hit. It's like, you know, you haven't hit that pass, but maybe once all freaking year. <laughs> what? So, so, so now Stoddard got like four plays in the first half. I'm like, wow. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and last week, Stoddard's, you know, Stoddard got a couple targets, but that was it. So, so, so against AM and against uh, Missouri, Austin was one of the, the top player on the offense, you know, in a lot of those games. Now, I'm not saying. He was the top player against AM. Uh, I'm saying he had a good game against AM, had a really good game against Missouri. Uh, and then all of a sudden last week, you start to see him disappear. Well, where is he? Where, where, where's, you know? Um, and, and man, that, that's just another frustrating part of it is like you, you see players go have big games and then they follow up with 
Nothing. So, so what's the deal? Is it is it execution? Are you trying to get them the ball? I don't think so. I don't think you're trying to get them the ball. No, because targets are what tell that, and you can see yeah. they're not throwing it to them. You yeah. know, I mean, it, I mean, where, 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 why aren't you using your players? I mean, what, what was the game plan Saturday? Line up and run it with Jaheim Bell. You're gonna run all over Florida with with Bell. With Bell. Well, the guy that's not a running at, back at the swamp. Okay, yeah. fine. Well, you, well, that obviously wasn't working. <laughs> um, uh, I, I know they didn't want to go to rally mode early like they did against Missouri. I mean, God forbid, rally mode. You know. Uh, that would have probably been smarter, you know. Uh, so, so who goes to rally mode at home down early to a team that you're favored against? Probably nobody, right? Mm. Uh, on the road at the swamp, when it, you see it slipping away from you, maybe rally mode. Maybe, maybe you needed to get him <laughs> Spencer out of the pocket, get him uh, rolling out, you know, something. There was no counter, uh, and, and you know, you look at it and you're like, well, at least try to do something uh, to counter what they're doing. That's what football is supposed to be about. I don't ever see that happen with this offense, no. ever. I see no adjustments. I see adjustments on defense yeah. at halftime, sometimes too little too late, but uh, I see yeah, adjustments but on defense. Desperation in the second half when you're giving up 24 in the first. I mean, you know, yeah. it's ridiculous. What is, what is he supposed to do? There's I mean, no complimentary football. And then you turn the ball over three uh, yeah, times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just stick, you stick, you know, okay, defense. Now we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna make your job extra hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And you know, and so then like, yesterday, as I'm talking to some folks, I wasn't gonna let this game steal my joy. And, and chat boxers, I'm getting to you here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I wasn't gonna let it steal my joy, you know. So I went to uh I went to a Bears watch party yesterday. That potato <laughs> salad looked right delicious. Delicious. It's and I'm not time. a big fan, but yeah, that one was mustardy enough. <laughs> I, I, I had not had potato salad that tasted like my mom's until yesterday. And Emil, Emilio at the tavern nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Uh, and, and I'll tell you this. So, so I want to so, but, but I did spend a lot of time yesterday talking to people and, asking people if they're okay and things like that. <laughs> um, you know, just call out kind of like when I was there watching the bears, by the way, I had a 16 parlay uh, that I, pl- I was playing yesterday for five bucks would have won 700. I lost one game oh. and it was the, and it was the bears. <laughs> you picked against them. I'm getting murdered in my pickums this year, but I'm in a, I'm in like a confidence thing and i i don't know i mean I, I just, at this point i don't even move them around i just pick who i think is going to win but against the spread i'm doing pretty good independently <laughs> i think i'm i think i'm nine games under 500 in uh in the picks on jc and morgan nine that's how bad i've been um yeah i mean man i, I i'm probably gonna catch some crap me and you both for for picking that carolina would score 30 points yeah hey, you know and well deserved you know hey fool this once I, i'll tell you what jc i'm not doing it again Either. not not in, no. not anymore not as long as this offensive coordinator's here i mean he can't leave soon enough to me for me but uh mm-hmm. uh it's just at this point it is what it is and i'm sorry i'm sorry it didn't work out but it, but it's not and, right. and there's just nothing nothing you know, and I'm you know talking to people, you know, and it's disappointing because, uh, and I hope, uh, you know, Shane Beamer when he talks to the media later this week and Sat and those guys, uh, I hope you don't hear. Oh, we look back at the film and we were really close. I keep hearing. I mean, man, and and that's kind of what I got yesterday. Oh, we're really close. We were really close. And you put the film up, and oh, if you'd have just done this, how many times are we going to hear it? Okay, guess what? 
your kids can't do that. That's why that's why they're making mistakes. They can't do this. It's, it's, and, and it's it's kind of pointless. You know, yeah. it's but I, I hope I hope just based on, you know, some feedback and all that. I hope we don't hear that this week because um, I, I know a lot of fans are going to go berserk if they hear, oh, they were close. Deadly. No, that was not close. There was nothing about that game that was close. But you know what that game was? That was like Pete Limbo is a superstar. And that's yeah. it. Yeah, that's the other. That's the other side of this is that you get an elite special teams performance because it wasn't just the fake punt; it was a blocked field goal. It's damn, you know, you've got one of the best punters in the nation flipping the field, returns, and then what do you do? Absolutely nothing. You wasted it completely, completely. And and I I don't understand. You know, you you got you know a lot of the same athletes on special teams that you do on defense and, and offense and. Uh, somehow, so for some reason, when those units get on the field, they look ready to roll and excited and fired up. I mean, you do have a coach that on special teams sits there and watches a, a film of the opponent and dissects their weakness. I don't, I don't think that's. I mean, I, I don't. I, I'm sure in theory this happens. You know, uh, they watch film on the opponent. You know, and, and and try to dissect weaknesses, but I don't ever see it. I don't. I don't ever see South Carolina. With, with the exception of like Arkansas, when like their secondary was hurt, so it's like, all right, bombs away, you know. Never mind, they're getting pressure with three, and, right? And Drew yeah. Sanders is killing you. Uh, let's just spread it out, and, it, and it's not even, anyway. I, I digress. Um, it's just kind of funny. Why, why are these? Why are the special teams units like they are? And you know, Pete Limbo does actually what? Maybe maybe they should get him uh, in on some of the offensive meetings. And say, hey, what? What's open? What can we run here when they do this? Oh, well, yeah, here, what here's is it. With, with this look, Pete, what do you think? Get yeah, ask, we need an ask Pete. Okay, ask yeah. <laughs> If you're friends with Pete, well, then you're friends <laughs> with me. <laughs> All right. Yeah. <laughs> Manus poor chat boxers. Love you guys. Um, sorry about the loss this weekend. Craig says nothing to see here. Should be interesting today. Clint, stop right. watching the game late in the first quarter. Embarrassing display. Craigers like, do they practice? <laughs> Clint says, I've been a Beamer guy since before he was a candidate, but if he doesn't make some serious changes to the staff, he'll lose me pretty quickly. Yeah, and unfortunately, I, I don't, I don't want to sit here and speculate about other coaches beyond the OC, which obviously there needs to be a change there. But I, I don't know that there, there's not more that needs to be done. Yeah. Yeah. And but and that's a critical off season for him, JC. I mean, yeah. you got to look top to bottom, you know, on two sides of the football, and you have to make some adjustments, if not, but to keep the goodwill. Because I, if, I mean, I even if it's just for optics, I, I mean, he's got to do something. Yeah, so, and, and and it's you know it's just kind of a fact of life. You're probably going to take a take a whipping Saturday. I mean, let's just yeah, uh, yeah. Call I, it I mean, like it is. You, uh, you'll you be know. lucky to not have sixty six on the board like Missouri did. Jeez, yeah, you're lucky to not have 76. I mean, the, you know, you I mean, know, it's just show up, be loud. Who knows? Tennessee has not played a lot of road games, by the way, but uh, yeah, it seems like all their games have been at home this year. But uh, uh, you know, so maybe the the crowd has an adverse effect. Maybe something can. I mean, you know, this is another statistically bad defense uh, with the Vols, but it's also a defense that's good against the run. So um, I'm sure we'll see handoffs straight up the middle. Uh, over and over again Saturday night. But you're about to hit a, a tough loss there. Uh, you know, you're going to Clemson, which is always uh, a game that, you know, if you take a bad loss there for a second straight year in a row, 
then 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 the kind of the calculus has changed uh, with a lot of people. I mean, and not just me and the media, and all of us diehards, um, you know, that, that listen to the show and get on the big spur and all that. I, I think like a, a lot of the other people that are just, you know, they give money that do this. I, I think I think that would probably say, hey, woohoo, alarm, here we go, and you can get out of it. I mean, you know, Spurrier. Spurrier, Spurrier, and I think it's it was easier to trust him because he had this big track record and stuff, kind of like Lou Holtz. And, you know, you, you don't have like a long track record of Beamer's uh, success as a head coach, obviously. Um, and, and it's easier to trust him. But I'll keep, you know, in, in 08, that was a team that was probably uh, – that, that team doesn't even have didn't even have the talent this team does, which is frustrating. But – that was a team that wasn't very good, that lost to Vandy, that kind of took advantage of a, a weaker SEC and got to seven wins. Um, and then, you know, lost their last three in a pretty bad fashion, blowout fashion, 56-6, 31-14 to Clemson, uh, and then uh, into Iowa in the bowl. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened that offseason was interesting because Spurrier changed about six six coaches out. Like, I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of staff changes. And that's when he brought in Mangus and Graham and Lorenzo Ward came over from Arkansas. And that recruiting class had also, for 09, after that season, was Alshon Jeffrey. It was uh, Stephon Gilmore. It was Devontae Holloman. Uh, I think Swearinger was the next year. But, or no, Swearinger was in that class too. It's a lot of Justice Cunningham. So a lot of guys, you know, that, that were kind of the – the, the 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 backbone of those good teams, you know, that Spurrier had came in after that tumultuous offseason. <laughs> so sometimes there's got to be a little darkness before there's dawn. Just let your soul shine. It's better than sunshine. It's better than moonshine. Stamps are better than rain. rain. <laughs> uh, you know, but uh, sometimes you gotta you gotta get through a little darkness before it's dawn. But I I I I, I, I I'm with you, Phil. I think the most unacceptable thing. Uh, it's just stand still and do nothing, uh, quite frankly. Um, I, and I've defended not making a change because you're trying to go win. I don't think it can get any worse. No. Uh, honest to God, I, I think if you had a graduate assistant call plays uh, and run offense for the next two games, I, I don't. I, I don't think. I don't think you'd see anything worse. You know. No. I mean, I, I mean, quite frankly, I think it would be better. I mean, I'd pull the band aid off now. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm at that point too. I'm ready to walk to Wally World. Yeah, me too. Let's walk to Wally World. The family truckster is getting left in the dang desert where it belongs. Yep. Because yep. here's what's going to happen: is you're going to get a tow back to that damn hillbilly who's going to charge you five hundred dollars for absolutely nothing. Is about what we're walking into Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Evening, five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, need JC and Phil to talk me off the ledge today, Zach. Oh, good luck, man. Good yeah. Here, we'll talk uh, you off the ledge. We only have two more games, Zach. We're going to get, you know, a couple of weeks of bold preparation, and I would be absolutely freaking shocked if changes weren't made in the interim. Yes. <laughs> and uh, probably some good – and and from what I'm hearing, you know, I don't – I don't – I'm pretty sure you guys will if, – if whoever they hire, you guys will probably like, I, I would guess, but I thought that maybe – you guys would like Satterfield's offense too because it sounded sounded pretty good. But but look, what we heard is not what we got, right? No, yeah, and right. it's worse than it's worse than Muschamp and Roper, you know, because what what Muschamp talked about, what Roper actually did, that wasn't the same. What Muschamp talked about and promised was actually what Brian McClendon ran. 
Uh, and we, we know that can get you beat too. But uh, but that was actually the best offense that's been around here in 2018. It was mad, maddingly inconsistent, but they went up and down the field. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so that disconnect with Will, that was actually a lot less egregious than this. Because what was sold to the fan base and everybody else was Lincoln Riley meets Joe freaking Brady. Woohoo, away we go. Ooh, hey, yeah. raise your hand if this has looked at any point like anything they do. Besides maybe some smidgings of some plays here. They know. It, it, and then it changes from that to like, uh, and then you kind of get a red flag. I get this, uh, you know, they were doing coaches clinic when, when they first got here. And he's like, hey, your boy. Uh, he's got tape of the Dallas Cowboys up here at the coaching clinic and the Panthers and the, the Vikings. And, and I'm like, Oh God, please don't. I was like, well, maybe he's just, you know, all these excuses, but my, look by the Kentucky game last year, I was off the, off the train. I've held my fire. I've, I, I was a good, uh, you know, I was willing to say, okay, maybe it's players, but again, he's got players. He's got players. There's and, no and, excuse. None, it, it, none of it, it, the stuff that they were doing last year at the end of last year, none of that, what he was saying makes any sense now because you've no. got all the tools. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, you got a quarterback that's confused half the time, uh, you know, and, and, and so, all right. So Spencer checked into a run play with eight in the box. Why does he have that option? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, How are you giving him that leeway? Why, why, why are you doing it? I mean, you know, I, I mean, that's, that's my thing. Uh, you got a quarterback that's completely confused you got receivers and playmakers that are frustrated as all get out because they don't get the ball. And then when they do, the next thing you know, their snaps go down. I mean, it's, it's egregiously ins- – it's insane. It's like Tony wrote on the site. He, the dude's about plays and not players. It's a player's ball game. And what's even crazier about it is all this NFL crap. Uh, that's what the NFL football is. Get the ball to your playmakers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And what not are we doing? Quite so obviously, as you do, I mean, that's the other thing. It was like, okay, well, we're gonna. I, here's not even the threat of a third running back. Didn't even put one back there outside of Dakari and Joiner. You know, that's it. It'd be no Amos, not not even to you know, no Miller, just to be back there to make it look a little different, to try to make it look different. Hell, <laughs> nothing, nothing. There's no. I, I don't know, uh, you know, they're close. <laughs> yeah. Jared goes, Zeb Nolan probably knows this offense better than anyone. <laughs> Give it to him. I don't care. Let him call the plays, right? <laughs> There's your GA. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, w- I would steal this from a Michigan State podcast. Michigan State blew, uh, blew a big lead. One year to Michigan or, or Notre Dame. Notre Dame, I think, came back and beat him. And uh, Michigan State podcaster gets on there and he's like, I don't care if HR Puffin stuff and Teddy Ruxpin were calling the place. He's better than that guy. <laughs> so, and I hate HR Puffin stuff, by the way, because he's, he's, uh, HR Puffin's Mayor McCheese, Mayor McCheese situation. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to bust up. Evil McCheese is coming for you, Puffin stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, um, 76 Gamecock. I'm sorry, I scrolled down on all this. If I missed something and you guys ask me a question, please retype it on the chat box because it's just uh, yeah, let's just blow it up. So that's it. Yeah, seven, got, uh, 76 is all a gent can do is stare into the abyss of confusion, allow proper frustration, and shake one's head. 
Seriously, other than Pete Limbo, I've got nothing positive to reflect on. Yeah, and, and he goes, Doc, oh, my God, JC, this is the worst since Holt's first season. That was a winless season, Doc. Yeah, that, yeah that's true, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, the offense that year did not show any life. But if you want to, if you want to talk about, like, don't run this system at South Carolina style. Yeah, it's the worst since then. Because <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, it, it is. Because Holtz was trying to run the dang Notre Dame offense from 1991 <laughs> with uh, with no quarterback and an injured offensive line and a bunch of other stuff. So uh, that was that there. Um, Tiffany says, first off, terrible day at UVA. I agree. And that, that kind of – I was kind of coming guns a-blazing this morning, and I, that, that kind of knocked me back a little bit because, you know, just player I know died. And that's – Yeah, I know. You know, it's, it's tragic. It really is. So, um, prayers to those family to find some peace and solace. Uh, Hunter says, D-line needs to work on block shed only Monday through Thursday, not anything else. Agreed. And it's like they're not off physical. They're doing it at practice too. Yeah, they're not off the hook on that side of the ball either. And I've watched that defensive line play like their hair's on fire and play well and be a difference makers in games like Kentucky this year. uh, Even A and M, I thought. Even A and M put some points on the board. I thought you know the D line really caused some problems. Yeah, you're affecting the quarterback. We haven't seen that in a couple of games. Like I mean, Richardson had all the time he wanted. You know, to do how's whatever. that happen? I mean, yeah. how are you getting blocked in the? I mean, when you see him go back to pass, you should it should be, uh, you know, all right, good for us. They're not running. Let's get them down and get them off. And and look, I you know, there was a flu bug. Shane didn't really want to talk about it. He said it was you know an excuse. Um, but they did look. The defensive guys looked lethargic at the beginning. You know, yeah, I don't, they were I'm, slow. Yeah, I'm, just, and I I don't want to use it as an excuse either, but. It's something, and I noticed that it kicked like first series. Phil, I was like, something's off with this defense today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Rush kind of dropping the the pass, and then you know he, when he dropped the the interception, he, he wasn't even like, oh, you know, oh, you know how they're like, oh, yeah, right. He yep. just kind of like strolled on back to the huddle, and I'm like, mm, something's <laughs> up. Evil shoes. But uh, you're right, Hunter. D line needs to work on block shed only Monday through Thursday. Not anything else. Ernie says, you never know, we might win. Strange, you know, it, it can happen. I don't want to yeah. talk myself into it. But, I'm not. Uh, I mean, I could say it could happen, but I'm damn sure not picking it. <laughs> if they hold them under 40, I think that's a moral victory, right? Yeah, yeah. You take that momentum and go to Clemson and try to win. <laughs> uh, I don't know. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, I can't wait to see what the offensive coordinator comes up with for this week. You know, because I, I obviously I don't think he subscribes to the theory that in games like this, when you're playing a team that's as good on offense as Tennessee, that can score 10, 10 seconds, you got to you got to win that game with offense. And uh, even if he does know that, then you're probably just going to see a bunch of runs up the middle, which, again, yeah. plays right into Tennessee's hands because they know the teams are going to do that. Right. So they crowd the box and they, they've got an active bunch on defense. I mean, they're not good. Not what I would call a good defense. But they're active, and if Carolina plays like they did Saturday, Tennessee will shut them out in their own stadium yep. and score 70. 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, I'm not predicting. I mean, I, I hope the Gamecocks get up off the mat and and go give a spirited performance because there's going to be a lot of recruits there Saturday night. Uh, it should be a heck of a crowd. I mean, uh, SEC Nation's going to be in town, and all this is just disappointing because you just look at it, Phil, and you're like. Everybody should be like, ah, oh, upset. And you, you should be wanting to get Tennessee's scalp and knock them out of the playoffs. But I think at this point with this particular offensive coordinator and this particular offense, um, and then the fact that the defense is really starting to struggle, I mean, you just – there's no chance. I have friends that aren't even going to go. They've been looking forward to this game all year, mm-hmm. even even up after the, the Vandy game. Uh, people were fired up about the Tennessee game. Well, now it's like, I'm not going. I don't want to hear Rocky top four or five times. A, a minute. I, yeah, I don't blame Yeah, per quarter. No, I don't either. I mean, I it, it's you know, I'm. I don't know. It just it sucks because we're getting national attention now, you know, and then the we're going into this game just feeling we all feel like we're just going to fall flat on our faces and look like a damn laughing stock again. I know. So. Well, we're we're overdue, Phil. We are. <laughs> uh, Nat Nat's going to get in the chat box. He's like, go to commercial, clown, clown. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but we'll be right back after these messages. Don't forget, Keith's coming up. That should be a fun conversation at the top of the hour uh, right here on Inside the Game Cox's Show. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me, okay, I guess we're back. Golf, or even if you're looking uh, to refine your swing, my mic is unmuted. Meredith is the person you need. To I don't go see to. Phil. She's competing in her final. Uh, US but we're back. It's the Gamecocks show. Before uh, Casey Sherbert and, and hopefully Phil Mullenax comes back. If you're in uh, South Carolina, point, but I'm here conducting in-person golf lessons in the Country Club of Lexington. I guess I'm in the show. She'll play nine or eight teams. Um, Nana Sports Chat Box, though, this Gregor really says, exciting. this offense looks like John C. Riley meets You can Peter send Brady. in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, it's John C. Riley. An online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor. Sorry, my mic. Tangible reason. That, uh... Welcome back to the show. Everybody. Hey, dude, what's up? <laughs> The, uh, wow. I don't know why that might turn back on unless you happen to bump something, but yeah. <laughs> I, well, the commercials ended. I don't know what happened to that last yeah. commercial, the Nana's porch, and there was no welcome back to the show, and it just it just froze. It just froze. And oh, so, okay. I, and then my mic yeah. was unmuted, and so I was like, I should talk. I was like, is this thing on? Uh, anyway, <laughs> but that's fine. Uh, Travis, though, in the chat box says uh, Beamer should stop worrying about the fans and their joy. Quit reading in social media and worry about his coaches in house. Uh, I agree. I mean, I don't. I don't know that it, this is the time for him to be like to go on a, a defensive. I mean, it's okay to defend your program, right? And I, and I think defending the actual program and what they're trying to accomplish and all that. But I, the, the one thing I would just personally hope they would steer clear of is, oh, we looked at the tape and we're really close. Because you hear that over and over, and it's like, well, then if you're really close, that then why? You know, if it's just like a, a block here, a block there, or uh, a route run, that, or, you know, something like it. so. So then, okay, why aren't you in practice every day, like practicing those those close plays that, that are close? Yeah. But I know that doesn't happen because I know it, it's a it's one million plays. Come, Mister Bigglesworth. <laughs> You know, I mean, the only person in college football who looks like they've got more sheets and stuff like that is Jimbo. And we see how that turned out. Oh, the guy from Kentucky <laughs> that they hired. Yeah, Mark Stoops yeah. did this madness twice. I mean, and look, I think everybody would agree. Mark Stoops knows how to run a program, right? But he fell for this crap twice. He got the guy from the Rams. He went back to the Rams. He said, well, let's go get the guy from the 49ers now. All right. Look how terrible they are on offense. They lost to Vanderbilt. Now it was snowing and stuff. I mean, but I, Vandy, you know, Kentucky's offense is good for like twenty-one points a game. That's it, or less. It's you know, and uh, I mean, they, and they're not, you know, 
and, and Stoops has done this twice, you know. So, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll give Beamer a pass for it. I mean, it was – obviously there was a disconnect because Shane talked about one thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then the reality has been completely different. And then when you hear Satterfield talk, he talks about something else. I mean, it's not – I'm not saying they're not on the same page. I'm just saying what was sold to the fan base, you know, and everybody – uh, and Ray Tanner mentioned offense when he introduced Beamer, right? Oh, he's offense, offense. Name of the game's offense these days. And that's true. T- Tanner was prophetic with that, as we're all about to see this weekend when Big Orange comes to town. Yeah, um, right. But, and, and look, so, so here's the thing. I mean, <laughs> the question becomes, I mean, you know, so when you, when you talk about one thing and then you do another and then it doesn't work, I mean, to, to me, that means change has to come. You know, Tiffany says it's hard to be positive all the time when things like this past Saturday happen and continue to happen. It's been happening since 2021. Yeah, I agree. I, I, uh, poster, uh, you know, I, 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 the Florida poster on the board. I don't, I don't know who that is. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeff Fowler. I'll try to get, I'll try to look at it. Um, Drew goes, uh, a terrible chef can ruin a perfectly cut steak. Chef stat, stat. It's like the Swedish stuff. It's going to run the 49ers playbook. Lady Bree says he thinks Spencer is a pro quarterback instead of realize he's a kid with talent that needs developing. That's that's what I was like. That's the why would you even do this? Yeah, that's what doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Is you knew he was still kind of raw coming out of damn Oklahoma, and then you're gonna treat him like you know Sam Ellinger in the damn Colts. You just throw him out there. (laughs) People were talking about like like when Rattler hit the portal the first time. People were talking about it, and I was like, I just don't think. I mean, I was like, well, if they're gonna run Sats offense. well, you probably are better off with like Max Johnson, you know, from, from LSU, because as we all know, uh, coach O uh, hired some of those Joe Brady uh, disciples to go run the, uh, the offense didn't work, but at least he had experience doing it. Um, Spencer's whole knock on him coming out of Oklahoma was that he, he, you know, he didn't always make the right reads and, and stuff like that. So my question is, okay, you've got this talented guy, and yeah, you sold them on pro style offense. Well, that's fine because look, you could you could be a quote unquote pro style offense uh, without making your setup and everything just like the NFL, which is ridiculous. Um, and look, like I watched the Bears, right? Justin Fields when he first got in the NFL, he was it was it was kind of a disaster at times, right? Um, now he's gotten used to he's gotten used to it. And he's comfortable with his offensive system now. And he and you, you go watch Justin Fields play, guys. Um, and my point to say all that is the NFL, there's going to be a learning curve anyway. They take guys out of these offenses, like Ohio State's offense. Does it look anything like this dump dump truck of an offense that Carolina's got? No. no, no. They spread the field, they make you defend. Uh, I know they've got better players than Carolina, but I think Carolina's got players that just aren't being used. Again, Austin Stodner's now on the milk carton, okay? Um, <laughs> and, and there seems to be no desire to change. Like, okay, the, the run game's not going anywhere. Maybe we could put this other guy in, like like an Amos or something, see if he gives us a spark. Or, you know, all right, so Austin Stodner hadn't played all half. Let, let's just maybe try to dial something up for him 
uh, get him one-on-one down the seam. I mean, that didn't even happen all year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they've thrown one one-on-one thing deep in Kentucky, and unfortunately Spencer underthrew it. Um, you know, so, so so why bring Spencer Rattler in and be like, all right, we're going to take what you do, what you don't do well, and that's going to be the key to our entire offense. We're going to double down on that. We're <laughs> double downing on it. No, I mean – Look, I'm saying like Ryan Day, the coach at Ohio State, and all his coaches. You know, Ryan used to coach in the NFL. Uh, you know, but again, it's not your job. It's not you don't ever sacrifice winning in this sport. Okay, winning is everything. And you, you can and look, I, I appreciate the culture that, that Beamer's built, and I, I think I think he just you know, like I said, giving him a pass uh, for for a mistake. Because he's not the first coach, it won't be the last. Like I mentioned, Mark Stoops has made this mistake twice <laughs> in, in the past two years. Okay, he's done the same, you know. And, and I get it, you know. You look, you turn, you turn on the ball on Sunday afternoon. Some of that stuff, you're like, man, that's brilliant, yo. Uh, but again, it's college, it's college football, right? Let, let's get a little grip on ourselves here. It's college football, right? Um, and he, I mean, has no chance. I mean, and, and there's, there, like I said, I, I got a text from. Somebody that covers another program, and I'm not going to tell you who it is or what program, but they're not happy with their OC either. And they're like, but man, oh, man, watching South Carolina, I mean, it's just like, I, I don't, I've never seen anything like that. They're like, eight in the box, let's run it up the middle. You know, like, there's no, I mean, there's no feel, there's nothing. You know, so I'll get, I get it. Just, it, it's a mistake that needs to be corrected, period. I mean, that that's just the bottom line. But the lunacy, as Lady Bree pointed out, the lunacy of trying to make Spencer Rattler go out there and, you know, be Peyton Manning uh, <laughs> is ridiculous. Call it and haul it, man. I mean, but see, I don't think I don't think there's the capability to call it and haul it either. Like Kurt Roper, right? He he put a lot on Jake Bentley that last year. That was a lot, you know, because I, I guess he too was in the NFL for a grand total of one season. One. Mm-hmm as an assistant to an assistant, a copy of a copy, right? And came back and decided, ah, you know, the David Cutcliffe offense is pretty good. So I think I'll scrap it for what we did with the Browns last year. You know? <laughs> and, and Jake Jake, Jake did the best he could with it, you know, but when you put that much on the quarterback and then he had all those injuries and Debo got hurt or whatever, uh, it just ended up being a really sad offense. You know, BMAC took, takes over and kind of took what they had, modified it, add some stuff to it, made it more like a college system. And there's a reason he was successful, uh, for the most part, until Jake got hurt. Um, so, you know, unlike Roper, who could call it and haul it, and did. When I say call it and haul it, I mean coordinators up there. He's got his. He's checking off plays. He's calling this. He's calling that. He's reading the defense. He's like, "What are they in? Do this. Do that." Um, you know, there's no audibles. There, there's no, if, if an audible comes in, it comes from the sideline. That kind of thing. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know that there's the ability to do that. Uh, at least not with the current offensive coordinator. I mean, yeah. The way it's set up, it just doesn't seem like you could, cause it would be, okay. Cause well, they haven't, they probably haven't practiced plays like that. Yeah. But, you know, they just haven't. <laughs> Michael goes, I feel like you do JC. Please stop with all the NFL talk. I think it's overkill from this coach and coaching staff. I do too. And, and, and I think that the last staff, uh, got caught up in that a little bit as well. More so because they, they kind of thought, well, we're not – and this is kind of why I think it's good to hire a guy. Like, Muschamp never, had never been in a place like South Carolina. So, 
Uh, he's used to no matter where he was going and getting studs, right? Well, it's hard to get all these studs. You can get good enough and develop guys. and think, I mean, you really have to recruit a little differently than you do at like Texas, right? Uh, <laughs> at South Carolina. Uh, and I, th- I think I think they kind of panicked a little bit from what I was told. Not, not panicked, but they're like, okay, well, how can we sell recruits? Well, wh- what's our angle? Well, okay, we'll get you ready for the league. And we've got a track record of doing that, blah, 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 blah. Uh, and that's the deal there. Um, and, and I think that ended up killing the defense because <laughs> the defense was a little bit too complex, right? It's, it's still a complex defense, and it works at some places. It doesn't work at others. Uh, it works at Georgia like a charm, but when you got Georgia talent and you, you know you got all those guys and and you can develop them uh, and you can get the best of the best, smart cerebral players that are also great athletes. There's not a lot of those, you know. Uh, you can do that at Georgia, you know, and you can do it in Alabama or wherever else. But um, you know that's the deal there. Uh, and he goes, I think it's overkill from this coach and coaching staff. And Phil's laugh is my joy that Beamer said for me to find. That's right. Find some joy. <laughs> find some joy. Uh, Ernie, Ernie says easy to sit around and criticize. Well, Ernie, you know, I mean, we would give praise too if that were uh, due, but it's not today. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what's Bert got to say about all that, man? <clears throat> uh, no. Ernie. That's that may be a can of worms. I don't want to open up there, but uh, no, Ernie, look, look, I get it, but look, everybody's sick of watching this, <laughs> you know, uh, and, and, and what it does too is like, unlike, look, I, I don't care about taking a butt whipping, you know, you're going to take a butt whipping, you know, in, in, in the SEC. Sometimes it's just not your day, you know, Florida probably, you know, didn't like the butt whipping they took last year at Carolina, right? right. Uh, that's one thing. It's another thing to drain your entire program of any hope at all because of the same old crap every single week. You know, South Carolina has a team that probably, you know, I'm not going to say they could match up with Tennessee because that was a good Missouri defense that Tennessee just, like, just dissected and destroyed. And Josh Heupel ran up the score at the end on his old team and, that's like they 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 would be they beat them by, they beat them 62-24 last year, 66-24 this year. And it was 28-24 in the third and in the blink of an eye, boom. Yeah. No. You're out. But uh I'm not going to say Carolina would stop Tennessee or whatever, but I'm saying if you had a better plan on offense, <laughs> and, you, you know, you'd probably think like well, what if they go in there, Tennessee turns it over, Carolina can jump up to a big lead and then holds them off and drains the clock and you know, there's hope. Yeah. There's no hope right now. That would because, be the recipe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you know, going into that game against most de- any defense not named Georgia this year, <laughs> uh, Tennessee's lit up like a Christmas tree. You know, you have to go back to the pit game to, to find where they kind of got slowed uh, a little bit. And that game went to overtime. Pitt maybe could have won that one. But uh, anyway, so, so there's no hope. And then, then you look at a very, very. Uh, I don't want to say Clemson's average because you, you're not nine and one in average, and they'll be ten and one when they thump the U next week. Lucky for that was supposed to be this big game. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. my, my, Miami's <laughs> Miami Miami got up off the mat and beat Georgia Tech, but uh, yeah, they're gonna Clemson's gonna boat race them like they always do, uh, and then just on time to get momentum for Carolina. But what I'm saying is. 
you you have a decent offensive coordinator, and you have the, with the players they have, uh, even with Lloyd out, which hopefully he's back by Clemson because apparently that was the whole offense. Yeah, apparently that was it. Mm-hmm. You know, once they got through the get, get right games, that was like, all right, this is the Marshawn Lloyd, and that's it. You know, <laughs> we're not going to worry about anything else. Now. Just give it to Marshawn. And he, you know, and, and he's good enough to mask a lot of deficiencies. That's true. Um, you know, you'd have a chance at Clemson. I think you'd have a big chance, especially if like, it's like a noon kickoff up there or something at the Valley. Everybody's, you know, ha- eating their turkey leftovers and stuff. And it's, right. you know, I mean, you know, you, you get them at night, they're going to get all liquored up. Everybody's, everybody's getting liquored up. So, um, I mean, I don't know. You know, I, I, I just, I, the bottom line here, folks, is this? I think it's it is a this season is a waste. It is a waste. I'm not saying that going to a bowl isn't important, and I actually would rather go than not. Ask seven lost Jimbo. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm not saying that beating Kentucky and AM and significant. I think that's great. You know, you certainly don't want to keep losing to those guys. Um, I'm just saying this team, this team could be a lot better. And if I if we hadn't sat there and watched Juice Wells, whatever you know, most of the t- every third time he gets the ball, he does something amazing. Is no is nobody nobody watching that? I mean, does, does no is it, who who over there looks at it and goes, "Well, we probably shouldn't get Juice the ball." <laughs> right? Yeah. You know, um, Doty. Yeah, DD Short makes a good point about Doty because Beamer mentioned this about Luke, putting in Luke Doty. Uh, he has a red shirt, right? Uh, left okay uh, and so they've he's played in four games so they're not going to burn that this year so it doesn't seem like that anyway yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do believe godotti has gone after this year Mars standing says I don't know I don't know um, preserving know, preserving his red shirt is good you know I think it also um, makes me inclined to believe that Spencer's going to be around I don't if he know. doesn't move i don't know what if i don't i don't know if he's graduating this year but that would give him one more opportunity to uh transfer without having to sit uh pruitt says beamer's in over his head if levis and Andrew versus uk they'd miss a bowl game i don't know that carolina loses that one even with i don't know either levis. even with levis because didn't you know did y'all watch him play this past week well i mean i, I watched it and uh i watched it and you know i think uh yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, Kentucky's kind of, you know, whatever. And South, Carolina, you know, Kentucky's offensive line is not as good as it once was. Uh, and the Gamecocks' defensive line came to play and played. Um, Dos Bedito says, I turned the radio on in the third quarter to check back in. Todd, nightmare. No, <laughs> oh, I didn't um, listen to any of the radio call this week. I bet it no, was- I mean, I, I didn't even go, like, SF cocking. Um, puts up the highlights on 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 YouTube, right? And I always like I always, I always like to check it out, kind of like go over and over plays and and stuff. You know, I'll go back and watch the tape, and then I'll go. I haven't even done that. And I'm not going to. I'm just it's that bad. Um, Brian says, JC and Phil, what's y'all's favorite comedy movie? That's tough. Yeah, I mean, I don't have a favorite. I, mean, I have several. I'm, yeah, that's right. That, I have several. Several. But, I don't uh, know. That's the thing there. Uh, one that's always fresh for me, though. It may not be my favorite, and it's not that well known. Is the movie Noises Off? 
if you want to see awesome comedians playing their asses off in a movie, noises off. That's a play too, by the way. Yeah, it's a yeah, it's off. It's awesome. <laughs> this is JC the commercial still playing. <laughs> oh, that was that was during the break. Clown. <laughs> but but you know the, uh, the 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 deal there with um you know it's just uh I don't know it's just uh it, it's just a waste of a season um you know like I said because I think the game cuts could be a lot better you know if they had uh, just a marginally decent college offensive plan yeah. Um, and, and I knew, and, and I think some of us thought uh, it's never going to get any better. <laughs> uh, and, the, and, and shockingly, Shane did, did not make a change last year. I, I understand the thought process. Heck, I understand the thought process behind hiring him. You know, I mean, because you know, it sounds sound it all sounds great. You, you talk to anybody that talks to him, including players, and they're like, I love him. They're like, oh, this guy knows a lot of football. I, well, I don't care how much football you know. You know what? What are you doing to help the Gamecocks win games? That's 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 that should be everybody's. What what? How does this help South Carolina win? It doesn't. It doesn't. In fact, it doesn't. You yeah. know. Yeah. Come uh, to find and, out. <laughs> uh, Jafaler says, "JC and Phil, why did did we did we digress in year two? I." There's better players on this team, but the record's probably going to be the same or worse. Yeah, uh, I mean, yeah, you you stand, uh, you know, uh, okay, okay. Worst case scenario is you go six and seven. I mean, that's not a good look. Mm. No, not at all. Not at all. Jay Diss says Shane staying at Oklahoma for a month after he got the job here put him in a bad spot. Uh he didn't. He 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 got the job. When was it? The last week of the regular season, Kentucky. Yeah, yeah Kentucky. And then yeah, he 20, he stayed. 19. He stayed for the Big Twelve championship game, which was the next week, uh, and then came to Carolina. Mm-hmm. So he and that's that's a kind of a common misconception. Mis, you know, people people are like oh he stayed through the bowl. He did not stay through the Cotton Bowl. He stayed through the Big Twelve title game. Um. Corn pop was a bad dude. Says the booze will be loud versus Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Shane not making a move now on set will burn us in the portal. Won't be any talent left. Um, well, uh, I think you're getting your calendar kind. Of, I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from, um, but you're getting your calendar kind of wrong here because he didn't stay at Oklahoma a month. He stayed a week, okay, and then came to Carolina, started his duties, uh, and the portal. It's not. It doesn't matter now. What happens now? You don't make a move after the Clemson game. That's going to hurt them in the portal. <laughs> yeah, I don't. Yeah, but, I don't think you wait until but, after the bowl game. Yeah, right, right now, Jade is nobody's in the dang portal, so it's not like you know you, you're you're actually complaining or, or you're worried that all the cranberry sauce is going to be gone uh, when the store hadn't even stocked the cranberry sauce yet, right? Because it's not Thanksgiving. I hope that makes sense. But thank you so much. Yes, the suspect, by the way, the UVA shooting uh, is uh, yeah apparently in is, custody, uh, in custody now. So you know that's the deal there. Uh, Will McClain says keeping sat until after Clemson game is a bad move. I mean, I pull the plug now, but I, I get why 
you're doing it, then trying to hire an OC and more while dealing with early signing period and bowl game. Good luck. Well, I the idea the call. idea is to be proactive behind yeah. the scenes. How about that? How about how about that? So, uh, I guess we got to get the break because Keith coming up. He should be. I haven't seen him in here yet. I'm sure he's coming up with a creative name. Something tells me it's not going to be Seven Lost Jimbo today. It'll probably be hashtag Fire Marcus Satterfield. But that's just my gut. <laughs> oh, hashtag Fire Marcus. But it's your gut. Okay, that sounds can't can cranberry sauce is fire. Greg says. Uh, and then Quantrell comes up with a great one. I co-signed the OC hate, but more concerned about how the lines of scrimmage got destroyed. I think too, you know, you don't help your O line when you when you when you cram them all in there together, right? And uh, yeah, the, the, some of the better O lines have wider splits and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, um, I will be uh, right back. We'll be right back here on Inside the Game Cast Show. If you're a listener, you know I feel strongly that if you're in the upstate and are in need of real estate services, Cindy Searfoss is your go-to person. Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane uh, can help you with any of your realty needs right there in the upstate of South Carolina, Greenville, Spartanburg, Anderson, Oconee, uh, Pickens, wherever you are. Cindy can help you with that. She's married to a die-hard Gamecock fan, has been in the upstate for more than 35 years. Right there in my hometown of Spartanburg, Daniel Morgan Avenue. Contact Cindy, 864-414-5271, or email ccearfoss, C-S-E-A-R-F-O-S-S, at cbcane.com, C-B-C-A-I-N-E. That's Cindy Searfoss, a proud sponsor of the Inside the Gamecocks podcast. Check her out. We've already gotten several emails from listeners uh, that are very impressed with her professionalism and her ability to help you with your real estate needs. 864-414-5271, Cindy Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane. If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699? One zero zero one is Matt's contact number. Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I'm getting on that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. 
Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? What's up, this is Jaheim Bell with the Gamecocks, and you're now listening to Inside the Gamecocks Show with J.C. and Phil. Welcome back, everybody. Inside the Gamecocks <laughs> Show is brought to you in the second hour by... Uh, Got, they got threw me off the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot him an email at a Burgesson. That's a b e r g e s o n at Remax.net. And as I suspected, we are no longer enthralled with the losses of Jimbo. We are now joined by FireMarcusSatterfield.com, aka the Cockfather. And as we all know and love him, Keith Allsept of Locked on the Gamecocks podcast. Check him out. Go check him out on Patreon. I'm sure they're running some sort of special. But Keith, how are you doing today? Guys, I'm doing great. I've been up since 5.45 a.m. I'm fully caffeinated, ready to go. I've already done my podcast where we talked about the honeymoon is over for Shane Beamer. Uh, and it's really on him, quite frankly. Uh, we talked about Gamecock men's basketball, Lamont Paris, doing something that's not been done since 2014, and that is beating the Clemson Tigers at Colonial Life Arena. He beat Brian Brownell, the guy with the personality of a brown cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> and Don Staley's team, they just continue to roll 81-56 over number 17, Maryland, and Brenna Freeze, who is a national championship coach. And so really, uh, per usual, everything except, you know, women's sports is going great. Women's soccer, they won their first round match. They're the <laughs> SEC champions, women's basketball consensus number one and uh you know that but shane beamer's got problems and he's got big problems and they were self-created by him doubling down on marcus satterfield on choosing to bring back a guy that he knew was in bad health we all love greg adkins okay we love him but they could have kept him in an off-the-field capacity. They could have hired somebody. 
Probably somebody pretty good, too. Pretty good. Okay. You could have definitely upgraded at running back, which I still anticipate that happening. And quite frankly, I know Jody Wright's his buddy, but so is Shane Beamer and Tim Brewster was not. But he could have hired him. And they could have hired Christian Robinson as well. And they hired Clayton's buddy. And Carolina's linebackers right now couldn't play dead in a cowboy movie. And I love Sherrod Green with all my heart. The guy gives it everything he's got. But it's not much anymore because of all the injuries. And on top of that, Clayton White turned down dudes in the transfer portal. He's like, no, I'm good. A lot of self-inflicted wounds on both sides of the football. And really, outside of Torian Gray and Pete Limbo, nobody is uh, beyond uh, reproach. I-, I would probably add Justin Stepp, who, quite frankly, his position group is probably the most improved on the team. Yeah. And, I th- I and, think and you can't you blame just, Justin uh, Stepp nope. <laughs> for not getting big-time wide receivers to come and play in that kerfuffle of an offense. That's exactly where I was going with that, Keith. Is like you cannot fault Justin Step for not being able to pull in big time recruits when your offense looks like that week in and week out. Deer in headlights. Uh, look, I mean, it, it was just, um, and then they started turning it over <laughs> in the third quarter. I mean, there's just, I wrote my game thoughts on, on this game on the Big Spur today. There just wasn't a whole lot of analysis, there wasn't a lot to analyze. Um, uh, Keith, do, do you have any answers as to like maybe why after they spread the field against Vandy it looked like a college offense, made him defend the entire field? They go back to the let's put a bunch of people like bunched up here against a really fast team and let's run it up the middle uh, against that 413 pound guy who, uh, you know, uh, Eric Douglas has to block. You know, I mean, I. I mean, any answers? I, I, I'm, I'm, I was stunned. Stunned. I mean, JC, no doubt about it. I'm stunned. Uh, I think, though, when you look at the fact that this is not uh, 1996 Florida, 2001 Florida, 2007 Six. Florida, they backed in the national – Maybe a six. Six, six. is when they back. Yeah, that's that's when they the, they the guy that smoked uh, a lot of dope blocked all those kicks and should have been suspended. Uh, and and not you know two thousand, I think uh, nine Florida. I witnessed that ass whipping in the cold at Williams Bryce Stadium, or no a seven oh seven. Okay. Yeah, that was 5130. 09, yeah. the game pass gave him a game and Mo right. Brown dropped a pass. That right. was the, the army or the wounded warrior uh, game yeah. with the with the uniforms and stuff. And heck set kind of set the stage. Carolina beat Clemson the next week. I think they had a lot of confidence in that. I mean, like, no, I, I had it today. It's the worst loss game guys have taken in the swamp since Muschamp, that f- weird 44-11 game in 2012, which was the mm-hmm. most must champion victory, I think, ever. For him, because they got Carolina actually outgained them, held them 178 yards of offense, and lost 44 to 11. 
Um, well, look, there was nothing bizarre about this one. No. Florida ran it down their throats 280 yards at halftime. I mean, we we thought 295 by Arkansas was abysmal. Florida, 374 yards rushing. South Carolina not giving up that much yards on the ground since they had an interim head coach in 2015. <laughs> and look, Florida's defense was giving up 29 points a game, 50% on third down, uh, close to 390-plus 300, yards per game like 186 yards per game on the ground. And uh, Shat is going to Shat, and that's what happened. It went back. To, oh, well, can't do any of that stuff we did against Vanderbilt. We're just going to line up and run it right up the middle and bunch them all in. And uh, it's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. But look. Clayton White bears the brunt of the responsibility because, come on, man, this has not been an explosive offense. And they ran it down your ass 374 yards, okay? it Touchdown, touchdown, touchdown to start the game, and you're down 21 to nothing. We've seen that movie a bunch under Shane Beamer on the road. Changes have to happen on that side of the ball, uh, JC, I think, because uh, you're probably not firing Clayton White. But somebody's got to be held accountable, okay, for what's going on with the defense. And if Shane Beamer is toned up deaf enough to say, I'm standing pat, again, he is in the NFL category which is not for long because a new athletic director is coming. And guess what? He is the lowest paid coach in the conference. Uh, 13 months ago, outside of Kirby Smart and a few others, nobody was having as good an offseason as Shane Beamer. And he's given it all up and has dug himself a hole. And I want to see if he can get out of it because – I love a lot of the things he's done with the culture, with recruiting, okay? But doubling down on Satterfield, who, like I've said, hadn't done a damn thing to deserve that job to begin with, and then you give him Spencer Rattler, and he's paralyzed him. Okay, you're playing a tight end at running back. You're not utilizing your talent. And Clayton White, he don't know how to stop the run. I mean, good grab. I mean, it's hard to win when your offense can't do anything and your defense can't get anybody off the field. Florida 9 of 15 on third down. They were like 37% for the season on third down. Uh, 374 yards on the ground. And... Billy Napier, the guy who was my first choice, who I've been very critical of at Florida because he is kind of a weird dude. Okay. <laughs> I want to see 
if Shane Beamer, who is the CEO coach, okay, he, he can't take over the offense. He can't take over the defense. He's, he's the CEO. He's running a Fortune 500 company, and he's got several employees that are negatively impacting the bottom line. CEOs have to make the tough decisions. They have to be decisive. They have to be swift in acting, and they have to course correct. Or they risk losing their board, their investors. In the age of the transfer portal and NIL, you're not getting 10 years like your daddy got, Shane. You got one shot at this, brother. And you're either going to be the guy that I didn't think deserved the job or the guy that we've been praising for the last year for the changes he's made. Which guy is he going to be? It's a coin flip right now, JC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, even think oh, – well, no, not to cut you off, JC, but I, I mean, I don't even think you give him the full off season to make that, you know, determination, Keith. I think you have a finite amount of time after the Clemson game and until the bowl game to actually do something of real substance or you've lost an entire off season. Phil, yeah. I agree. I think he's got 24 hours to make the move on Marcus Satterfield. You have yeah, that to one do for it sure. immediately. Mm-hmm. And decisively, you probably have to go ahead and announce Greg Atkins is retiring. To me, the other moves you can make after signing day, after the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to me, that that one move in particular, it's got to come quickly or there are going to be guys that are going to really sting that are going to hit the portal. And they may hit the portal anyway, but at least you'll have the chance of giving them the hope that there's somebody out there that you're, you're already in conversations with or soon will be, or with their agent that, you know, you can assure them that that guy's coming. Mm -hmm. There's a list of about, four or five guys, I think that, uh, um, like I said, I'm not going to get in any names right now because I don't want to, you know, these types of things, you don't want to throw a name out or a couple of names out. Then everybody gets falls in love with that particular guy. And then somebody else gets it. So they don't give the new guy a chance, et cetera. But yeah, you're, I, I'd be shocked if there weren't at least some behind the scenes conversations. Uh, and I think, I think Beamer knows that it's a, there's a finite amount of time. Uh, after the Clemson game. Um, well, Keith, you, you mentioned basketball and a, and a nice win for Lamont Paris. And they've got that Charleston tournament this weekend. They play Nico Medved's Colorado State Rams. Um, believe it or not, the ESPN predictor has the Gamecocks as the favorite. Um, you know, and then I think it's College of Charleston or the winner of the College Char- the Charleston game the next round. And then that other bracket has like Penn State, and Virginia Tech, and Furman in it. Um your thoughts about uh, starting two and zero? I I like this team. I put I put a post up on over the weekend. I said, you know, here, here's what I like about it. It looks like a bunch of guys that are scrappy, uh, and then you got a a future NBA guy that doesn't shave yet, <laughs> uh, who, who's kind of kind of kind of special, you know. But uh, I kind of like the, the guys look like they're having fun, Keith. They look like they're having fun playing. 
I mean, I agree. Uh, I I don't think the players look scared shitless to take a shot or make a mistake. They're not looking at the bench as the ball leaves their hands and their coach trusts them to play like the last play of the game. Okay. You just gave up a seven point lead. Frank Martin would have been in full meltdown mode. He would have most certainly called a timeout. Instead, Paris is just standing there with his arms folded because they prepared. As a former basketball coach, I never liked calling a timeout on the last possession, and here's why. It allows the defense, they can change their defense. They can press you or trap you. They can say, hey, this is what they like to do in these instances. This is the guy to look out for. I want the chaos on the defense because I prepared my guys. And Paris showed trust. Chico Carter, he had an amazing game. I mean, no doubt about it. He came down the court, went down the left side, spun, put it up, and nailed it. Uh, It was string music for the Gamecocks. (laughs) They got got the win. I mean, uh, like I said, hadn't been, you know, South Carolina has not won that game at home since 2014. That's a nice early signature win. If you can knock off my guy, Nico, who was a young assistant at Furman when I worked uh, camps for Larry Davis. Larry Davis hired him, former uh, Wake Forest assistant. Uh, Most recently was uh, at Cincinnati with Mick Cronin and uh, something bad happened on a plane and he's running a high school prep school program now somewhere but uh you know he hired nico metved and he hired ryan odom think about that and and he hired uh mike jones who's uh head coach uh now i think it maybe at maryland baltimore county some he's someplace up there uh but my guy larry davis he hired a bunch of good assistants and uh, Nico was one of the guys that came through there, came back, was successful as a head coach and quickly got out of Furman, which is not, uh, a pretty smart move, I think. And, you know, if you're South Carolina, if you can beat Colorado State, you know, even if you go in the loser's bracket and you still can win a couple of games, I think if you can go two and one, regardless of the order, I think that puts you ahead of schedule for Lamont Paris. And they get to leave campus and just be together, just them, not worrying about classes, not worrying about, you know, everything else. And so it's a bonding experience because there are a lot of new players. And uh, those kind of trips can be very beneficial for a young basketball team and a team with new players, a new coaching staff. And uh, then after that, he's got more winnable games because I, th- I think he did the wise thing by not overscheduling with this team. But at the same time, you're exposing Gigi Jackson to some really good players before you get into SEC play. Yeah, I don't know that Georgetown's making it back this year. Um 
Carolina plays up there. They play at George Washington, too. So, two games in the D.C. area. Uh, they play East Carolina in Greenville, which is a kind of an interesting neutral site game. Uh, I think Fer- Furman and Clemson also have guess a triple header at the Bond at the Bon Secure Wellness Arena, where right. South Carolina basketball men's basketball has never lost there. By the way. That's right, undefeated in here at the Well. Undefeated <laughs> at the Well, um, and so uh, that's uh, I think it is Keith. And I mean, I, I was kind of looking down the road at the schedule too. I mean, you want to run up as many wins as you can in the non-conference because the SEC is not getting any easier, right? Uh, and you got a kind of a a new team going into those battles, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, you, you take it one, you know, one game at a time or, or whatever, and, and, and go from there. And I think, uh, I think that's pretty positive. Um, you know, I, I, I back to the Satterfield thing. I, I just, I, I hate that we were right about all this, all of us. Uh, I, I almost hated that I gave it a shot because uh, deep down inside, I thought it was like, well, you're bringing in Spencer Rattler. Um, you know, I, I thought maybe the pro talk was just maybe some some recruiting posturing, right? Uh, but it wasn't. It was, he, this this dude legitimately wants Spencer Rattler to be uh, Peyton Manning. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry, Keith, but I'm tired of coaches. This staff, uh-huh. yeah, this staff, last staff, whoever. This is not an NFL training facility. The NFL does not give South Carolina any money. To, to produce players. Um, this is a college football program, and winning is more important than anything. If you win, NFL takes care of itself. I don't think there's any reason for Spencer Rattler to have to do this complicated offense. I don't think it gets him any better for the next level. His stock's gone down. Um, you look at the guys they draft, they all come from these uh, simple college offenses, right? So I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what, where the logic is in any of this. Well, I mean, you go back to just like with Will Muschamp, you go back to Shane Beamer's introductory press conference. You don't hear anything about what they're doing on offense now. I mean, yes, it is about explosive plays, but he came from a great model of offense. Even what they did with Jim Chaney, at Georgia, what he saw Steve Spurrier do at South Carolina, what Lincoln Riley did at Oklahoma with Spencer Rattler, uh, who, and now he looks like any other rookie quarterback in the NFL. He's paralyzed. It's uh, He's confused. Uh, he gives up on plays way too easy because I think he's coached too. I think he's just coached to just chunk it away. Spurrier, his guy had to hang in there and hang in there and give it time. I mean, they still don't do anything to get the guy out of the pocket and give him a clean look. You know, the, the, you know, the, that great band, the boots, waggles and nakeds, uh, you know, band. The band, <laughs> they, you know, they've been muted. Yeah, that's just, that was a dream. That was a dream. And, and JC, I think Satterfield, I think Beamer put put the screws to him for Vanderbilt, and then they had 
you know, all those yards and scored a bunch of points and probably should have hung half a hundred. But for the second week in a row, and here's the here is where the rubber meets the road. There is a clear lack of focus on this offensive unit. You look at the last two games, double digit penalties. When you turn it over <clears throat> three times in four plays, that is a lack of focus. I think there is a clear disconnect between the players and Marcus Satterfield. And I, I want your thoughts on the honeymoon being over. And I think Shane Beamer is coming dangerously close to losing this football team by continuing the status quo and doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result, which, as we all know, is the definition of insanity. Yeah, and I, I just don't want him to go in and talk about how close they were. because I And I've heard that could happen. Uh, I'm just praying he doesn't say that because I don't care. You hear that every week. Of course you're close. Plays are designed to work, right? Oh, well, why don't they work? Well, this didn't get done right on this play. It, none of that matters, okay? You could you could go play by play and do that. People love to do that, and that's fine. The bottom line is this offense is not – it doesn't work. It, 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 it's straight – it's not even like a, well, it's not the ideal offense for South Carolina to run. This offense doesn't work, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and, and I think that that's the thing. It's, it's rarely worked, you know, unless Carolina is able to – Run un, run crazy on a defense, right? Run nut job over a defense. It's never worked. It's never worked. Where's where, the, where's the creativity in the passing game now? You know, no, it's non-existent. I got some uh, stats and some adjusted uh, numbers for you. All right. So five times under two hundred and forty yards total offense. Six times under 250 yards total offense. Eight times under 300 yards total offense. 12 games under 310 yards total offense. So let's just look at this year. <clears throat> you got 35 against Georgia State, right? 21 of those were off punt blocks. All right, you got seven against Georgia. You scored in the final minute of the game all right you got 24 at kentucky you got one two yard drive that off a turnover at a and m you got 17 of your 30 points off defense and special teams missouri you got 10 points and at florida you got zero offensive points Okay. Zero point zero zero point so, zero. And that's just this year. If we go back to all the meaningless, like last year, Texas A&M, zero points and zero yards through three quarters. Okay. Clemson, shut out. People forgot about that shit last year after Rattler and Stogner in the bowl game. Is oh, Clemson and A&M didn't happen. Brother, it happened. Okay. It, it happened. It's not men in black, okay, where they flash the thing and you forgot <laughs> that it happened. Did uh, you flashy thing me, Phil? 
<laughs> no, no, we, we really do have Sisyphus as an offensive coordinator who just perpetually rolling a ball up the hill and will never make it to the top. <laughs> so I figured this year, outside of South Carolina State and Charlotte, adjusted points per game on offense, six in, uh, so I guess that'd be eight games. 16.1 points per game adjusted if you take out the special teams and defensive points and like the two-yard drives and the 18-yard yeah. drive. All right. And then, I mean, it's well, last probably, year was last year. But, I mean, is the honeymoon over? And do you think Beamer has the cojones to act swiftly and be a CEO? Instead of being a buddy and well, I'm just going, we're going to ride it out and then, then give guys, well, he, he uh, you know, I mean, look, worst case, you could just say Marcus has decided that uh, he's choosing to move on and pursue other career opportunities. You could do that. Yeah, it just needs to be quick. I mean, I mean that's, that's Mr. Positivity. Okay. But. I think you keep going with this tone deaf positivity and not being genuine and being disingenuous with the media and the fan base on things. And I mean, I just see major problems building on the, there's a storm coming and he's got to head it off. And I just don't know if he will do it, I hope he will do it because I'm pulling for him to do it. I want him to do it. I want him to be successful because like I said, there is a lot that I like about Shane Beamer, but this is a results driven business. And if you are a head football coach in the SEC, you are a fortune 500 CEO and you have to act like a businessman and make business decisions. I agree completely there. And I think, uh, I think, I think the honeymoon could last a little longer. Uh, if he makes a swift hire and a good hire and takes care of business, I think people would forgive and forget, you know, but, uh, you know, this hire, if it is made, I mean, Keith, it, it has to be somebody that has tangible evidence of success. No more experiments. I mean, and you got to, unfortunately, you have to go back to the previous era, right? Where it's like, okay, you'll hire the guy that worked for the guy, and, you know, in Florida. And, and, you know, he's supposed to be great and must champ light. If he only had a year, but then he, oh, well, turns out, oh, he turns out he sucks. Okay. <laughs> and then you, you have the BMAC plan and that works for a little while. Then it didn't. Oh, it turns out he doesn't, you know, can't get to get off this one thing. Right. Uh, Bobo is only here a year. Everybody hated him because the offense was bad. Uh, you know, probably the best one they've had. Right. Uh, and then you bring in Satterfield. I, I, you can, I don't think Keith, you can go hire somebody that's kind of like a, uh, Oh, well he actually has never called plays before, but you know, that kind of guy, uh, you need somebody that's got, and I don't care what level of football he comes from, as long as it's not the NFL. Um, a guy that's had like four or five years of big time offenses at the college level to where you can point to that and say, that's the idea. That's what we want to be here. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, JC, last week uh, on Tuesday night on the Garnet and Black Town Hall, I dropped my list of seven Tier 1 candidates to replace Marcus Satterfield. I think all of those guys are obtainable. I think some would be outside of the box, but all these guys have done it before, and that's what you need. You need somebody that's going to be positive with the players, somebody that the fan base is going to say, oh, I like that guy. Yeah. They're like, Not like, who in the hell is this? I've never what, – what? I mean, even like, you know, that's the whole thing. The, the thing about sad, too, is it's like, you know, you're promised all you – know, so, so everybody's watching Joe Brady tape, right? <laughs> The whole offseason, uh, going into Shane's first year, and then it's like, ah, uh, I don't know. So, anyway, well, Keith, man, we're up against it, bud. Always a strong role when you come in here on Monday. I, I know our listeners love it, and uh, uh, best of luck for this week. I'm sure we'll talk soon, bud. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Go Gamecocks. Uh, go to firemarkasatterfield.com. It's not my website, but it is out there. <laughs> and uh, – I think Shane Beamer has multiple, multiple decisions to make, and he's that he's he's gonna have to act swiftly. All right, thanks, Keith. Thank you, Keith. Great stuff, bud. As always, the great Keith also joins us every Monday to review, and uh, he brought it today, boy. Well, yeah. I didn't have to do much. I just kind of sat there and chilled. Well, um, expecting nothing less. <laughs> all right, Phil, we're going to hit a break, uh, and then we're going to go back to 11.17 a.m. in the chat box. Jim, okay. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me. Jim says something interesting here, and Phillip's got something interesting. I've been staring at it while he's on. So I want to get to that. Uh, we didn't have a poll today. Uh, I got sidetracked when, when that shooting news broke, and I had to get my VIP notes up and stuff. Um, so I apologize for that. We'll have a poll tomorrow. Uh, all that good stuff. And we'll also get into the iHope Consulting mailbag tomorrow. But want to finish this out strong uh, with the chat box. Uh, we'll be back after these messages on the inside the Gamecocks of the show. Attention golfers of all ages and skill sets. Former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor will be a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina very, very soon. You want to take advantage of this opportunity. If you're like me and you got to get a whole lot better at golf, or even if you're looking to refine your swing, Meredith is the person you need to go to. She's competing in her final USGA Mid-Amateur Tournament this summer before going full-time into teaching and coaching individuals. If you're in South Carolina, Meredith will be conducting in-person golf lessons at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course. She'll play 9 or 18 with you. If you're out of state, though, this is really exciting. She'll be conducting virtual lessons. You can send in your swing for her expert analysis. Also, in November, she'll launch an online course with video instruction for all ages and skill levels. Meredith has 20-plus years of knowledge, former SEC golfer, all of that. So contact her on Twitter, at Taylor at M-E-R-T-A-Y-L-O-R, or go to McKellarEnterprises.org. McKellar is spelled M-C-K-E-L-L-A-R, Enterprises.org. Her email is on the website, so you can connect with her for any other questions. Go get your golf game in order. Take advantage of Meredith Taylor and her services. 
If you're looking to sell or buy multifamily property right here in South Carolina, the Burgesson team of Remax at the Lake can help you get to closing fast and easy. Adam and Derek Burgesson both are very proud Gamecocks and are more than happy to assist you with any of your commercial real estate needs all across the state. You can email Adam at aburgesson at remax.net. That's A-B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N at remax.net to get your next deal underway. The Burgesson team, proud sponsors of Inside the Gamecocks. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it, let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Hey, man, are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. Oh, I feel that, man. My head hurts, but I have a good lead on a good idea. I'm calling your boy Matthew Odom today from Heritage Digital. Heritage Digital is an IT firm that specializes in making sure your IT network runs like a dream. If you have one or 500 employees, it doesn't matter. They do it all for one monthly fee and have clients from South Carolina all the way to California. Yeah, I heard that monthly fee's low too, so I don't know why I didn't even think of that. Uh, Do you have 843-699-1001 as Matt's contact number? Yeah, man, I sure do that. Or you can go to heritagedigital.com. Man, I hear they do a no-cost assessment. Boy, this will help me. Yeah, I bet. (laughs) I'm getting all that and encouraging everyone else to do the same. Heritage Digital, 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com, a proud sponsor of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Yep, time to get back to the show. Shoot. All right, my man. Welcome back to Inside the Gamecocks, the show, everybody, with J.C. Sherbert and Phil Mullinax. Second hour of the show is brought to you by the Burgesson team at Remax at the Lake. Give Adam or Derek a call or shoot them an email at a Burgesson. That's B-E-R-G-E-S-O-N, a Burgesson at Remax.net for your commercial real estate needs. And let's see here, J.C. said go back to 11.17, your time. Yeah, my time, my bad. Yeah, yeah. No, that's I was thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting how it, it does reflect that on both man that is it's still it's not that far back but it is a lot who are we looking at jim yeah hang on let me yeah. answer this thing here so people the are... loyalty question yeah and so, uh, uh, yeah, jim, so, so jim, jim brings up an interesting point mm-hmm. devil's advocate for the sake of discussion he says you can't fire coordinators of a school like usc and expect to recruit high-level talent question is when does the loyalty end fire after one season who are you going to get in here well that's more of a head coach thing. Uh, and I'll remind everybody, 
Steve Spurrier made six, six coaching changes after 08, and the Gamecocks signed one of the best classes they've ever signed. You're talking Al Sean Jeffrey, Devontae Holloman, Stephon Gilmore. Uh, Demario Jeffrey was a big-time recruit in that class. DJ Swearinger came in in that class. Justice Cunningham came in in that class. I mean, a lot of dudes that put a lot of winning football for Carolina. So I don't think it's mutually exclusive. I'll also remind you that the coordinators have been here for two years, um, you know, and so, uh, you know, I, I think obviously Beamer should have made the move after last season. Um, but he went out and did his job uh, and the, the recruiting staff did their job and got players in here because that was the that was the narrative last year. Oh, four quarterbacks. I mean, you heard that over and over again. Um, and unfortunately, all of us that said, no, this scheme sucks. We're right. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I take no pleasure in that, man, because. This Gamecock team this year had too many good players to, to leave some of the performances on the field that they did. And Keith broke down the stats. It's irrefutable, okay? This offense does nothing. I mean, you know, it, 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 it hasn't – in games where the Gamecocks have scored over 30 uh, against decent competition, they've done so because their special teams and uh, defense have, been, have given them a kick, right? And so it's just unfortunate. And if we hadn't seen games – we're guys like you know, people are like JC, but what about they don't have any players? Well, no, that's not true. And we've seen when guys get an opportunity and are put in the right position, we've seen guys make big time plays. Yeah, we ha- how can you look at Juice Wells and be like, Oh, he's just one of our really good, one of our few receivers? No, he's the best receiver you have, yeah, by a mile. And, and the other ones aren't bad. I mean, don't get me wrong, I mean, this is a this is a much better uh, group of receivers, so. You know, Bell's, you know, now the big answer is to put Bell at running back. I don't know that he's a running back, and I certainly don't think you keep slamming him into a brick wall. I mean, it's just it's just ridiculous. Um, but but you, you make a good point, Jim, uh, in terms of, in general, turnover. You know, you want to avoid it, really, for recruiting purposes. But, I mean, you're, we're at the – this is the point now where you, you can go recruit all you want. I mean, they recruited a lot of good players last year, plugged them in, didn't work. I mean <laughs> – Somebody told me Austin Stogner played four plays in the first half Saturday, and I'm just like, what? Now he's on a milk cart. You know, just when he started getting going in those games a couple weeks ago, uh, Stogner starts to get going, right, and and boom, he's out, doesn't play. That happens over – I mean, guys, that's happened over and over and over again. Look, going back to last year, Juju McDowell saved the daggum game for the Gamecocks at East Carolina. He saved the day. You know, if it weren't for his kickoff return and, and 71 rushing guards running outside. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, yeah, it wasn't because he was running up the middle either. <laughs> no, I mean, they wouldn't have won. They would have lost to East Carolina, a, a, a decent but not great East Carolina team uh, last year. And then against Georgia, he didn't even play. This is the next week. You know, and, and so they don't really even have an offense. So, uh, anyway. Thanks for that, Jim. 8JM2 says, the bad news, I feel more confident that I was right about Rattler and Bell being overrated. The good news is maybe Satterfield isn't as bad as we think. Maybe he's hamstrung. Uh, um, did, did we get that inverted somehow? I mean, we've got two proven commodities and one question mark. I think we might have those in the wrong side. Yeah. Of JM, but I mean, you know, hey, maybe we're maybe we're all wrong, and none of the three of them are as good as the hype. But you know, I, I think Bell is just the, the usage of him is baffling. Still, 
Um, at least he's touching the ball now. Uh, I, I think, like like Keith said, Rattler's paralyzed. He's he's he's. Um, that made me think of the Ricky Bobby. I'm paralyzed. Remember that? He stabbed himself in the leg with a a knife. He's like, ah! Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Um. So yeah, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not ready to throw overrated out there. I mean, is Spencer Rattler was he the was he the number one quarterback in that class? And uh, well, and here's the thing: it was like, okay, so at the end of the season, are you willing to keep? Bell and Rattler over Satterfield, or would you rather get rid of Satterfield and hopefully try to keep Bell and Rattler to see what they do under somebody else? <laughs> I'm taking the players. Yeah, this is a no-brainer for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Philip says Shane hasn't fired Sat because he's not going to. At best, Sat will walk when his contract's up. Shane thinks things are going well and is confused as to why things don't translate from practice. That's what he says to the media, Philip, but he's not. He's not he Shane isn't he, Shane's not just oblivious. Okay, uh, that there would be bigger problems if that was the case. Yeah. So I can assure you, you know, it's it's not. And and, and the Satterfield contract ends December thirty first. Uh, honestly, don't think you can wait that long because of the portal and everything no. else. But hey, you're talking about a month. So you don't have to buy. You don't have to buy it out. No, that's no. a positive. And if it's the board. You're worried about, you know, paying them for not doing anything. Like, well, hell, that's what we're doing right now anyway. <laughs> yeah. It's like uh Shane may believe that Satterfield isn't the problem, and I don't think any of us can say definitively that he's wrong. Uh I don't I, I don't think Shane believes that. Uh, but if he did, I can definitively say that that's wrong. I mean, you've seen it. I mean, I don't know what more proof we need. Uh, about, uh, you know, yeah, you want to go throw these players under the bus? Fine, do it. And when, when they're in the NFL uh, making plays on Sunday and you're wondering, where, well, why didn't they do that at South Carolina? Yeah, come talk to me, uh, 8JM2. And I say that with all respect. I think uh, – I just don't think uh, – I, I don't think there's any question that Satterfield's the problem. Yeah. Uh, or the offense. Let's just say the offense. Um you know, so that's the deal. Hey, Cavalier says, hey, curious as, uh, as to what would have happened had Mike Bobo stayed. I think Bobo would have probably – things would have made a lot more sense on offense last year. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I think the run game wouldn't have fallen off a cliff like it did last year. Uh, I, you know, uh, could, could what would he have done – that quarterback and, and all that, that's, a, that's another question, you know, to have, but uh, certainly, you know, I, I think, I, I think Mike Bobo was really good at taking what he had and scheming teams up. Uh, if you notice, you know, and this, this never happens with Marcus Satterfield, right? So everybody in the country in 2020 knew when you played South Carolina, you got to stop shy Smith because that's his, their only receiver. Still Bobo would call plays and scheme this kid open right? Mike Bobo also did a good job that year of working around weaknesses on the offensive line. You know, in other words, he wasn't running it behind Eric Douglas against a 413-pound nose tackle. He was hitting another gap. Um, And so that kind of thing. Uh, I just think the offense would have been cleaner, would have made more sense, um, all that. And, and, you know, Mike Bobo is also, I mean, it's a a kind of a pro-ish style offense, uh, it's got its roots with uh, Mark Rick, Bobby Bowden, all that. It's been modified, 
He likes uh, 22 personnel, 21 personnel, all that. Uh, but it's a college offense, so it's not like it's crazy. To, I mean, he, he actually did name one of his plays. It's called Demon, you know, it's that kind of thing. It's it's easier to learn than what the heck they're doing. Um, 8JM2s, I think it's getting harder and harder to argue that we have a bunch of really good players that he just can't use. How? 8JM2, how is this a hard argument? Yeah, You've seen these guys make plays. Have you seen them make plays? When given the opportunity. Yeah, and I just went through this and said, Bobo, scheme guys open. That's what offensive coordinators do, you know, and they they put their best players on the field. Uh, did you not just hear me say Austin Steiner's all of a sudden disappeared? So I don't I don't think this is even an argument. I don't even think this is a debate, and I'm not responding to anything else that, that comes in with that. I'm not trying to be rude. I just uh, uh, move on. I don't think you're right. Um, Bullish Nazima Rebel says, G.A. Mangus or Joe Brady? Not sure that either one of them will get it. Uh, James Churchill says, I'm scrolling down, Beamer needs his Chad Morris. Um, AJM2 is just arguing for the sake of arguing. So we're just going to scroll on down here. Mm-hmm. Um, Pruitt said no. All right, so the only person Beamer taught to call plays was Kitchens. You can't tell me Step would turn down an opportunity. These guys aren't – they don't – they can't run what – they can't run the – I mean, I suppose they could. But, man, I mean, with all the stuff that this offense is – I mean, I just, you know – and, look, there may be an interim play caller for the bowl. I mean, I'm not dismissing that. I mean, in fact, I think there should be. But, uh, but that's also like two weeks' worth of prep time. You know, you can – scale back you can get you know plays you're comfortable with all that doing it like in a week is tough yeah, yeah. I, I mean best case scenario is if you were to let satterfield go right now and step was going to be the interim answer would be to just pull the plug now you know do whatever it is start you know p- planning for it during this tennessee game that you more than likely are not going to win if we're you know looking at it <laughs> honestly and then maybe with two weeks of a simplified version of what it is somebody else wants to do you have a shot when you come up to clemson and then that'd be six weeks almost until your boat well we got to figure the bowl game's probably gonna be pretty yeah. early at this point so it might be a month but yeah. anyway but yeah i mean you know what two more weeks <laughs> two weeks <laughs> the good news on the bowl game is a lot of teams like losing this weekend helps carolina's bowl slot yeah, that's true that's true uh kentucky going down to vandy i told you guys mark St- see what is <laughs> you need to listen to me about this like it sounds all great to go over there let's just be like the rams or the niners it's a different it's not a different sport but it's a different game up there folks different game up there um matt points out bobo averaged more points per game versus 10 sec opponents with colin hill one wide receiver and a bunch of young guys that Satterfield has this year. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's the honest to God truth. People hate on Bobo all the time. And look, that season was not pretty. There's nothing pretty about it. And I understand people getting upset about him taking Auburn. I mean, it's just a career decision he made. Doesn't make him a bad person. Um, unfortunately, you know, that things didn't work out in that dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the bottom line is offensive coordinator that year, was the least of the concerns. 
quarter quarterback was. I'll be honest there, and I think uh, you know I, I think some people overestimated Colin Hill's ability a little bit, including myself. Um, but you know, I, I just. Uh, you know, Brian says Bobo had Van and Bell as well. Well, Bell didn't play a lot that year, Brian, because he was coming off a, an injury, and Van hurt himself and I think was out for the, the whole – did Van – was he out for the year that year? Did he get hurt? Uh, he got hurt in 19. He was coming back yeah. in 2020. But, look, Brian, another thing to keep in mind, too, uh, Jaheim Bell wasn't Jaheim Bell then. He was a freshman coming off an ACL injury. And uh, Josh Van certainly wasn't Josh Van. Um, Justin Stepp got Josh Van a lot better, <clears throat> in other words. Uh, rumor is that Matt Rule toured Nebraska. Maybe he can stop and pick up Sad on his next trip. <laughs> you know, uh, Evan says, I think changing coordinators might get a nod from Sat. Hey, let's throw him off by changing play callers. Come, Mr. Bigglesworth. We're taking this week off. That's right. <laughs> We just won't show up, and then we'll come back when we play in Clemson. I'm, go I'm going to give I'll, – I'll get shut out yet again. Zero points. Come, Mr. Bigglesworth. We're going to throw them off by giving Justin Step one million plays to run. One million plays. I got an evil – let's give Spencer Rattler 13 right. different audibles, 23 words apiece. Take his iPad away. <laughs> Um, it's says, almost comical at this point, as 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 inefficient and just ham-handed as it is. You got to laugh to keep from crying at this point. My boy Montrell <laughs> has a good point. He says, "Is the defense's effort attributed to knowing the offense is hopeless? Not excuse making, but I feel like it's a factor. I think it can be in certain games. Certainly, yeah, yeah. I I think." Um, I think Saturday the defense needed something good to happen early to kind of get their heads in the game a little bit because I, honestly I, I was like, I, I mean even first drive I mean and Carolina had some forced some third downs and unfortunately Florida converted them on that first drive but uh, I thought you know the energy just wasn't there um, for some reason and and Carolina obviously kicked off to Florida but you know drive number two drive number three certainly. You know that could have played a factor, and uh, I just I just think the defense looked very lethargic uh, for most of it, and and most of the team most of the team did. Uh, I, amazingly, some of the same players get out there on special teams and they're jumping around and got the great energy. And that's weird. Yeah, that was crazy. weird. And that maybe they weird. like that coordinator better than they like their other coordinator. Maybe so. <laughs> Jeffrey says, "I thought about y'all, JC and Phil. I wondered how y'all do break down this double train wreck. Enjoyed the show." Yeah, I mean, look, man, it, Every, uh, I, I, get, I, I, get, I get texts like that, oh, I feel sorry for you this week and all this other stuff because of the board and the show and everybody's being upset, but uh, I'm used to it by now, you know, and we have a good time, you know, on the show and, you know, win or lose, we're, we're having fun, man, and I'll tell you this, the in, Coach O Endless Summer, I recorded a voicemail for my buddy that used to work for Coach O, and uh, I think that's going to be a thing. I'm, I'm going to try to work on some T-shirts. It's part of the evil plan not to play Amos or Dodie ever, ever mad says. Um, well, Dodie's probably, they're probably trying to keep Luke's red shirt from what Shane Beamer said the other day, and that's fine. Uh, Amos, I'd try him. I'd have tried him the other day. I mean, why not? I, I mean, because if, if you're only going to give Juju the ball twice and, and, and you're worried about running him, I mean, well, I don't know. Hey, I don't think. 
I think Herschel Walker or Marcus Lattimore in their prime would have had trouble getting, uh, getting, uh, you know, going. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, even with good pad level and churning legs, it would have been tough to run through that wall. And we just didn't try to go outside enough. I mean, mm-hmm. hardly at all. It was just I it's mean, crazy. I mean, I, I, yeah, yeah, you didn't. Where's the little pass they like to throw in the flat? Because the flat was open. But then you. you Throw it to the perimeter for those little wide receiver screens that you say aren't screens and the speed of the Florida defense, which we all knew was a strength coming into this game, is there. You get nothing. <laughs> so I <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah. Joel, uh, positive Joel. Hey guys, I knew the football disaster was coming. You guys are doing great. Yeah, but how about that basketball game? Positive Joel. Yeah, really? he, he told me to call him realistic Joel from now on. So. Realistic Joel, okay. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm down realistic that, yeah. Joel is in Columbia, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry, in, in Kentucky. I'm sorry, and they had some snow. Uh, didn't get any snow in Illinois. I'm supposed to get some Tuesday. Still really looking forward to that, Phil. That snow, mm-hmm. you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> down in the south, you know, everybody's like, "Hey, it's snowing!" Everybody gets out in the yard, and uh, some of the people, like uh, my friend Jan, he'll get out there and run around and do snow videos and stuff. And it's it's a it's a highlight. You know, uh, it's a holiday mm-hmm. up here. It's just like you just kind of feel dread when the snow starts falling. It's like the shining. Yeah. So, anyway, we got to wrap it up. I uh, appreciate that, that kind of kept you over here, guys, because I, I know I know a lot of people are hurting and, you know, it it, it, it is disappointing. Uh, everybody wants the game guys to do well, man. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, um. You know, some changes have to be made, I think, before you can start watching, uh, you know, watching this program ascend a little bit. Because, uh, they're, you know, with this offense, they're never going to be better than a six or seven win team, ever. But with this guy calling plays and running offense, uh, it's going to get worse because he's not going to be able to find find any players. I mean, you may as well run a triple option. You may as well hire the guy from Army. Yeah. You're not be able to recruit to this anyway. May as well have some kind of strategic advantage. But uh, anyway, um, special planning. I'm for Chunk says Tennessee Gamecock prediction. I'm like ah, we'll we'll get to that later this week. Yeah, Friday. Just gonna hope they don't hang half a hundred. Anyway, for Phil Mullinax, this is J.C. Sherbert. This has been Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Uh, We appreciate you joining us, and we'll be back tomorrow with more greatness right here.